everyone. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, and we're grateful to everyone that's uh, here today, and we look forward to getting to share with you the, what the things that the Lord have laid on our hearts to share. So if you have your Bibles, let's go to the 11th chapter of the book of Luke. chapter of the book of Luke and uh, we're going to start reading at verse 1 it's, and it reads and it came to pass that as he went praying in a certain place when he ceased one of his disciples said unto him Lord Teach us to pray, as John also taught his disciples. Uh, so I, I think that's very interesting that they were his disciples, and uh, <laughs> we read in the 10th chapter of the book of Luke how he commissioned them and he sent them out to heal the sick, to raise the dead, to cast out devils. And then they come back and they said, they came back with joy and said, Lord, even the devils are subject unto us through thy name. And then the next private time that they have with the Lord, they're asking him to teach, teach them to pray. I think that's very interesting that they knew how to cast out devils before they knew how to pray. And sometimes we as believers, we can go through this whole Christian walk in the Lord without knowing how to pray. You know, and sometimes we think it's simple, which it can be simple. We don't want to, we don't want to complicate things, you know, in, in the things that the, the Lord teaches us. Uh, but at the same time, we, for the disciples, after they had cast out devils and done many wonderful works in the Lord's name to come back to him and then ask him to teach them how to pray. They must have known that they were lacking somewhere in their prayer life. And so then the question comes into mind, um, how do we know when our, when our prayer life is intact? How do we know, uh, when the Lord is hearing our prayer? How do we know that our prayers are getting through? You know, and uh, we can live a very, very frustrated Christian life if we're just praying just to be going through the motions. Everybody understand that? And the Lord, you know, uh, he wants us to know for sure that our prayer life is that, that, our prayer life is is working. Does everybody understand that? Not just to be praying, just to say that we have prayed. Does everybody understand that? So let's uh let's go to hold the spot there. Let's go to the book of Hebrews. Let's let's look at something just real real briefly. 
And we're going to, let's go to the 11th chapter of the book of Hebrews. We'll uh, look at that just real briefly, and then we'll go back. The 11th chapter of the book of Hebrews, and we're going to start reading at verse uh, 1. Actually, let's back up to chapter 10. Now, it's, it's very important, you see, uh, that we see the whole concept of this. Now, we all do know, and I, and I, and I, I want to make sure that I continue to stress this, that when we, when we uh, read these epistles, when we read these books of the Bible, it's very important for us to understand that these books that we're reading, these epistles, the, the Word of God, especially when you're talking about the books being separated, it was one continual thought. Does everybody understand that? Yes. In those days, they did not have paragraphs. They did not have uh, periods. Does everybody understand that? They didn't have exclamation marks. They didn't have any of that. They just wrote they didn't, they didn't have what we call verses. Does everybody understand that? They were not separated in verses like what we're reading today. Does everybody understand that? You ever notice like in the, in the fourth chapter of the book of Luke, it says that the Lord turned to the book of Isaiah and he found that wherein it was written. Notice it don't say he, he turned to the, book, the, the third chapter of the book of Isaiah. There was no chapter. There were no verses. So, now could you imagine? You know, maybe we need to go back to that. Where there's no chapter, no verses, and you're forced to read the whole thing so that you can see what, what the writers are really trying to convey over. You see that? And so, let's, uh, let's go, let's back up to chapter 10. Is everybody there? We're going to start reading at verse 19. It says, Having therefore, brethren, boldness to enter into the holiest, by the blood of Jesus. Does everybody see that? Now you know what the holiest is? That's, that's the holy of holies. That's, that's the very innermost part of the temple. What was the temple back then? That's the very, that is the place where the Lord dwelled at. Now we've explained in this before, having therefore brethren boldness. Why did, why did he say boldness? Because at that time, uh, in, in the, the Hebrews, the Jews, when the priests entered, only the pre high priest could enter into the Holy of Holies. Does everybody understand that? And of course, you heard me explain this before. They tied a rope around his, his, his leg, so that, and they listened. And if he dropped dead, meaning, and he would fall dead, if he had had any sin in his life that he had not covered and had not repented of, he would drop dead in the presence of God and nobody could go in there because nobody else was a high priest but him and they tied that rope to his leg to pull him out of there. Does everybody understand that now? Mm -hmm. I think we'd appreciate our Christianity more if we knew what all Jesus Christ did for us. Yeah. We don't have to be, we're all priests of God. That means we can approach God without going through some other priest, if that makes any sense. We can, does everybody understand that? Yes. We can seek God ourselves for, for, 
for forgiveness of sins and things like that. And so this lets us know, it says, having therefore, brethren, boldness. Does everybody see? Boldness to enter into the holiest by what? Does everybody see that? Boldness. And most of the time, now that's a lot of times, that's where our prayer begins to fail. When you don't have boldness to enter in. If you can allow the devil to condemn you of anything, you don't have that boldness. And your prayer becomes a dead prayer. Just like the priest dropped dead, your prayer dropped dead. Does everybody understand that? You, you have to know without a shadow of a doubt, I'm right with God, I'm doing what he's telling me to do. And listen, and, I'm, and, and here's the thing. The idea isn't to stay away from that holy place, that holy of holies. If you see sin in your life, okay, well, I got to get rid of the sin before I approach God. No, that's not the idea. The idea is, Lord, to approach him and say, Lord, I don't want this in my life. And I need, everybody understand that. So in other words, the idea is to be, look at what it says there. Having therefore, brethren, boldness to enter into the holiest by what? The blood of Jesus. And so the idea is, Lord, there's some stuff in my life that I know you're not pleased with. And, and listen, I'm not asking you to excuse it. I'm asking you to help me with it. Help me to overcome this. Does everybody understand that? Not, and where a lot of people make their mistake at, they think, well, Lord, as soon as I, I've got something I'm dealing with, and as soon as I get done dealing with this, then I'll be able to approach you. And the Lord will always frustrate you. Your flesh will also uh, frustrate you. Because it's only by the blood of Jesus Christ any of us get to approach God. Amen. Anybody. Does everybody understand that? And so now, so that's the thing, is being real with God. If we're going to pray to him, the first thing we have to do is be real with him. Lord, I'm a mess. Does everybody understand that? Mm -hmm. Lord, there's some things in my life. I've heard the word preached. I know there's some things that you're not pleased with. And, and, and I want to have a right relationship with you. And I'm asking you to help me. But so you see why pride can't enter into that place? No, pride can't go into that into that into that holy place because pride tries to hide what it's doing. It, when you can't hide from God, the priests, you know, those priests back then they proved it. Some of them were dropping dead. Everybody understand that? And so the idea is not to stay away from the holy of holies. In other words, that very intimate place with God. The idea is to uncover yourself. Does everybody understand that? We see this all play back all the way to the Garden of Eden. What was the first thing Adam and Eve did when they sinned? They made themselves garments and they covered themselves. Does everybody see that? And that's what people do today. Did God allow, uh, let that fly? No. God put his own covering on them. Y'all take them little fig leaves off. That ain't covering nothing. I got to go, blood's got to be shed for me to cover y'all. Does everybody understand that? Yeah, he, he you, th what did he cover them with? Am animal skin, lamb skin. So everybody see that? You, so you, you think he just skinned the lamb? 
and lamb just took off, like, man, I'd be glad when I grow my skin back. <laughs> Does everybody understand that? An, an animal, a lamb, had to die for their sins to be covered. Does everybody understand that? Something had to die, and from that point on, there had to be bloodshed, just in case any of your Muslim friends ask you. Why did why would God send his own son and have to kill his son? Why couldn't he just say, Well, I forgive y'all? Because from the beginning it was set. Does that fig leaves wasn't gonna do it? And how many of you know fig leaves don't keep anybody warm either? Everybody see that now. So we have to have boldness to enter into that place. And we know whether or not we're bold when we're doing it. And I'm not talking about arrogant or cocky. I'm talking about bold. In other words, I know without a shadow of a doubt. Listen, what's the use in praying if you don't think God's going to hear you? And the idea is not to just not not pray. The idea is to get in a place where you know he's going to hear you. Does everybody understand that? You're guaranteed to be heard if you come before the Lord naked. Does everybody understand that? That you're guaranteed. You, does the, the Lord don't turn people away. When they come before him, it doesn't matter how junky they are. He does not turn people away if they come before him just laying it all out on the table. Does everybody understand that? Now let's think about this. Some of you have been in relationships where you knew your spouse had done something wrong or you knew that other person had done something wrong. Maybe they cheated. Maybe they, whatever it was they had done. And, but you, you got enough sense not to say anything about it. You have enough sense not to bring it up. But why? Because you're hoping, and you know that if our relationship mean anything to this individual, they'll bring it up. They'll talk about what they need to talk about. If our relationship mean anything to them, they'll, they'll talk about it. They'll ask for forgiveness. I won't have to go searching for them. Does everybody understand that? And the Lord is the same way. If my, and he sits here today and says, if my relationship mean anything to you, I, I shouldn't have to use Brother Bolton to call it out. It won't get called out if you, if you bringing it up. Does everybody understand that? <laughs> somebody had, uh, some years ago, it was a preacher, William Branham, in fact, uh, somebody had asked him, you know, they were watching him operate in that gift of prophecy. When people came before him and he was calling out their sin and, and uh, one young lady, now he would always tell people, now, before you come stand up here for prayer, you make sure that you get all your sin under the blood. You make sure that you cover it because he said, if you don't, I'm going to see it and I'm going to have to call it out and I don't want to have to embarrass anybody. And, you know, and he was, I stood behind the very podium that he preached on, that he preached from and he has a little, he had a little switch behind it where it was some people that just really, really forgotten, wasn't thinking. And, and he would turn this, he would flip this switch and turn his mic off and he would tell them just, just between them. But then there were some folks that just was arrogant and proud and just thought, well, you're a false prophet, but I, I, I know God is hearing your prayer, so I'm, you know, I'm gonna come up and get some prayer from you anyway. And he'd leave that switch right on and he'd call him right out. So somebody, so a lady come up to him and, uh, through mid midway through the prayer service. And I think this was down in Houston in front of thousands and thousands of people. 
And he, the lady come up, Brother Burnham, I need, I need prayer, something, whatever was wrong with the lady going on in her body. And he just looked at the lady and he, he turned and faced the audience. And he said, now I asked you all, before you come up here to make things right with God, to, to not come stand before me with sin in your life. And then he turned back to the lady and said, young lady, you've been unfaithful to your husband. Now, could you imagine in front of thousands of people? Then there was a big commotion out in the audience. A man out there yelling and charging up towards the platform. How dare you insult my wife? And the ushers got in his way as he was running down the aisle to make his way up to that platform to do whatever he thought he was going to do in his mind. And, and they got in his way and William Brown said, let him come on. So they cleared the way. He, when he got right to the platform to, to walk up the steps, he said, and you've been unfaithful to your wife. What a blonde-headed lady. And he called out the car and the, the license plate number and all of that. He said, y'all need to get right with God. So one of his, one of his fellow workers uh, in the ministry asked him, so Brother Branham, how is it? Because we've all done stuff. He said, why is it? How is it that you call out some stuff and you don't call out other things that maybe other people have, have, have maybe people have repented of? He said, that's, that's, that's simple. He said, because if they put it under the blood, I can't see it. The blood covers it. He said, I can only see sin that's not covered by the blood. Does everybody understand that? So that, that is, that's first and foremost what we have to know about God the only thing that hides our sins from him is, is the blood of his son. Does everybody understand that? So we have to start off with that. You, you have this confidence when you've put your sin under the blood. Does everybody understand? That means that you have accepted what Jesus Christ has done on the cross. The fact that he has paid for it is, is hard. Listen, how many of you have ever owed somebody? And how many of y'all was just stepping, two-stepping in front of them when you owed them? Yeah, it's hard to, 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 to converse and, and, and interact with people who you owe money. And you know that they're they thinking about it when they see you. Does everybody understand that? Yeah, so, and so that's the way it is with the Lord. When you owe him a debt, it's very, very hard coming before him, you see. So you, and so you can't have that boldness like, like what you need to have. When you, when you haven't brought your sin to the cross. Does everybody understand that? Now, here's, here's another thing that's important. We're not talking about turning the grace of God into lasciviousness. We're talking about bringing that sin there and leaving it there. Amen. You ain't taking it home with you. you. You sincerely see what you're doing is wrong, and you really want the Lord to help you, and you, you really have a desire for him to help you. You don't want to do what it is that the devil's got you in, in a circle doing. Does everybody understand that? Now, I'm telling you, the Lord is, uh, his, his, that's what his grace is for. He's merciful to those that are, that are honest and upfront. Does everybody understand that? Listen, and you can't, one thing you cannot do with the Lord, if you're going to be bold in bringing something to him, you cannot make excuses for your sin. It can't be anybody's fault but yours. Amen. 
It can't be how you were raised. It can't be how you were beat on. It can't be how your spouse mistreats you. It can't be nobody but you in that in that holy room. Does everybody understand that? Yes. It ain't nobody's fault but you and yours. Does everybody understand that? Yes. <laughs> so we so we can't have any excuses when we when we stand before that holy God. If we want our prayers answered, it can't be nobody in there but us. Does everybody understand that? Because I can promise you the Lord don't deal with tattletales. <laughs> Does everybody understand that? He don't, you ain't, it ain't your job to tell him what somebody else done done Amen. to you that's got you sinning against him. Amen. Does everybody understand that? <laughs> and I can promise you he will not hear it. Everybody's going to have to stand before God for themselves. All right, so it says, having therefore, brethren, a boldness to enter into the holiest by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way, which he hath consecrated for us through the veil, that is to say, his flesh, and having an high priest over the house of God, let us draw near. Does everybody see that? Yes. With what kind of heart? True. Everybody understand that? That means sincere. Let us draw near to God with sincerity we are really really sincere does everybody understand that i'm telling you i i have more patience for somebody and the lord is the same way more patience if somebody come up and say well, brother bolton i i i uh i did such and such and to me i don't care how bad it is when somebody come up to me and confess something that they've done and they won't prayer for it. I I will I will not. If you got that kind of spiritual sense, I will never look down on you. And I don't look down on anybody anyway. But I mean I, I can I can sense the heart of God in those matters. Does everybody understand that? When somebody is really, really sincere, that goes further. In the things of God. Does everybody understand that? Yeah. If you're not sincere, you're not going to get anywhere with God. If it was somebody else's fault, you're not going to get anywhere with God. The only... when uh, So you were in the mirror before we left. Weren't you? Doing your hair or something? She wasn't standing in that mirror doing my hair. Was she? Is that how it worked? And then I stand in the mirror doing hers? I'm, I'm doing my hair, but if hers is the one that's getting all straightened out, is that the way it works? No, when people stand in the mirror, they're standing in that mirror for themselves. And that is how we have to be in the things of God. We sincerely, we sincerely, when we come before God, we have to be looking, we have to examine ourselves. And we have to make sure that we are in the faith. Does everybody understand that? So the 10th chapter of the book of Hebrews where verse 22, it says, let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of what? Faith. Does everybody see that? Full assurance. Does everybody understand that? Mm -hmm. Let us draw near with a true heart in full. So if it's talking about full assurance. That must mean that there's, there's something else. I can halfway. Kind of, I, I believe... Does everybody understand that? I kind of think. Does that get your prayers answered? 
You have to be, you have to have a full assurance. Does everybody understand that? The same way you had a full assurance when you sat down in those chairs. You were, you were pretty certain. This, this chair is gone now. Most of you, how many of you are sitting in the same place you always sit in for the most part? So you, you've gotten to know your chair. <laughs> and you know, even if we did, if, even if we played musical chairs, nobody still, nobody is going to check that chair because they know, well, you know what? It, now, if this seat is holding up that, that little girl there, it's, it, it surely is going to hold me up. Does everybody understand that? Why? Because you've seen what the seat could do for somebody else. And that's the way we have to be with God. Well, even if I don't, even if I ain't got enough sense to know that God's been doing stuff for me, he, he's been doing stuff for other people. So I'm assured of that. Now, you see why it's important for your relationship with God to be intact? Because God answered my prayer ain't got nothing to do with you. Does everybody understand that? You have to have full assurance for yourself. Does everybody see that? No. It says, having our hearts sprinkled from what? An evil conscience. You know what that means? When you get on your knees, what's that evil conscience? Well, you know the Lord ain't going to hear your prayer. Because Brother Bolton just preached on something. You turned right around and did it. Look at how you were this morning. Look at how you acted this morning. How many of you ever had that come to you? You want me to tell you why they come? Because there's therefore now no condemnation to them that walk after the spirit and not after the flesh. The devil has the ability to condemn you when you have not made right what you're supposed to make right. Does everybody understand that? So here's the key. Whenever, if you do something contrary to the word in the morning, maybe against your spouse or whatever, and you say, well, you, will you forgive me for what I did? You know, because I, you know, I heard the word and it says I'm supposed to ask for so Will you forgive me? And then you go on through the day and then you're trying to pray to the Lord and then the devil comes to you and says, now, what you just acting a fool this morning? If he can come to you and say that, then that means your repentance wasn't true. It was not from your heart. The devil can't condemn you with what the Lord have already died for and what's already been under the blood. Amen. Does everybody understand that? <laughs> How many? And I, I just use this as an example. How many of you had another address before you actually? lived in this place. So how many of you believe somebody else is living at the address you once lived at at one point? So what happens, what happens if somebody forwards you the bill from that place? It's not in your name, it's in somebody else's name. Or it's an old bill. What happens if you get the bill? What are you going to say? That's, that's not my bill. Why? Because I'm no longer at this address. And that's what, that's, and the devil knows that. The devil knows when you're no longer at the address. But if you're still living at that address, you still got it in you to do, he's got a right to con come and condemn you. Does everybody understand that? <laughs> so that's what that means, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience. Does everybody understand that? 
We're no longer, I'm, I'm over whatever it is I've done in my past, I'm over that. I don't feel guilty about it. That's the reason why I can sit here and I can talk about things from my past because I no longer live at that address. Amen. I'm not ashamed of it because I no longer live there. Amen. And besides that, I'm a new man. Amen. Does everybody understand that? Yeah. I ain't, I'm not ashamed of what the dead me did. <laughs> that fellow's dead. What he was doing, does everybody understand that? Mm -hmm. So I can sit here and talk about it because I'm not ashamed of it because I know that I've been forgiven. And because I know that my mind has been renewed. Does everybody understand that? But what happens if my mind isn't renewed? What happens if I still got it in me? I can go back and I can, I, you know, they, the landlord said, I can come live there every time I want to. <laughs> Does everybody see that? And the devil's, the devil's got a right to condemn you then. He's got a right to make you question whether or not God is hearing your prayer. Does everybody understand that? All right, so it says, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with what? Pure water. Verse 23, let us hold fast the profession of our faith without what? For he is faithful that promised. Does everybody see? So we have to hold fast. The profession of our faith. Does everybody see that? Now, I really, really, I really want y'all to hold on to that. Hold on to that. Let us hold fast the profession of our what? You know what that means? If I got faith for something, if I really have faith for something, I have a profession of it. Does everybody understand that? I'm not hiding what I'm praying for just in case I don't get it. So I can have a back door to back out of. I have a profession of faith. Does everybody understand that? I believe the Lord is go do, going to do so and so. And because I believe that, I'm going to profess it. Does everybody understand that? So it says, let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering. Everybody understand that? So one thing I have been professing for two decades, that the Lord is going to heal my eyes. I'm, I, and I'm going to keep professing that. Amen. And it ain't going to be in the sweet by and by either. Does everybody understand that? <laughs> it's going to happen exactly when the Lord wanted to happen. Does everybody understand? I saw that as clear as day. I'll tell you something else about it. And any time I may have forgotten about it, I, I, one time I was up in, uh, I was up in uh, Kentucky. And I was um, laying on the couch. And uh, I was watching the 700 Club. And uh, what's the man who's over the 700 Club? Pat, uh, what's his last name? Robertson. Pat Robertson. His son, you know, his son is one of the hosts on the 700 Club. And his son began to prophesy. You know how they, I don't know, how many of you have ever watched that? And how many of you know they have a segment where they start praying for people and they start like, 
They might say, well, so-and-so, you've been, you've been praying for that. The Lord has heard your prayer. And so I can't remember the man's name. I think his last name was Roberts. I'm almost certain that's his daddy, you know, that Pat, that's Pat's son. And he began to prophesy, and he said, there's a man named John who's been praying that the Lord will heal your eyes. You keep praying that prayer. The Lord is going to heal your eyes. Who do you think he was talking to? <laughs> Does everybody understand that? Now, I, I don't even watch the 700 Club. It was just, just so happening I was up late, and I thought, well, let me flip through the TV, see what's going on, you know. And I just, something just, I just felt led to just keep watching that. And that's what, there's a man named John. I really wish I could write those people and get that segment, you know, where they, where they said that at. But it's just, just as clear as day. So that, that is the profession of faith. Now you have to, so when you pray for something, you have to have a profession with it. Lord, I'm believing you for this. And it can't be, well, if you want to do this, Lord, if, you know, if you want to do it, if you feel like it, or if you're up to it, I know you're busy. You know, all of those are just side streets that tell the Lord, you, ain't really, you don't really believe what you're praying for. You ain't, listen, if I know God at all, I know you ain't got to give him a back door just in case something don't work out for him. Amen. <laughs> Does everybody understand that? No, God don't need your back door. You ever understand that? So this tells us, verse 23, let us hold fast the profession of our faith without what? Wavering. In other words, don't give up on it. My prayer has been the Lord would allow me to, to, to live and to be able to function without having to use glasses, that I, I don't want to wear glasses anymore. And I'm not believing the Lord for 2040 vision. I'm believing him for 2020. And I'm not going to the, to the eye doctor and said, okay, so now, you know what, Lord, I got 2040, that's good enough. Now, you know, now I can tell the people that you healed me. No, I, it, ain't, it ain't done until it's 2020. Amen. Does everybody understand that? Mm -hmm. Amen. So it says again now, let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering. Why? For he is faithful that promised. All right, so now let's go down. Let's go down to verse 35. It says, cast not away, therefore, your confidence, which has great recompense of reward. Does everybody see that? You know, I think it's a shame that people on a daily basis throw away their prayers. Sometimes because maybe they feel like God haven't moved fast enough. You know why? One of the reasons why Abraham is referred to as the father of faith? Because he was, eight, he was 75 years old when God made him a promise that he would have a son by his wife. And, he, and it was 25 years later that that happened. And he held on to that. Does everybody understand that? He, he held on to that. that. That takes some faith to pray for, to, for, to, for God to make your promise and then 25 years to, to, to still be holding on like you did the first time you heard it. That, that takes faith. Does everybody understand that? But you know what, what, don't, what, what, you, what the enemy of faith is? Impatience. If you're not patient, 
Your faith is going to run out. Does everybody understand that? We have to have Abraham's type of faith. Faith beyond death. Like his son. Does everybody understand the Abraham faith I'm talking about? The, you know why he was willing to kill Isaac? Because he knew Isaac didn't have children. And the Bible, and, and God told Abraham, in Isaac shall I see be called. This is who, this is who Jesus Christ is going to come through. Isaac hadn't had a wife yet. He didn't have no children nowhere. So he understood if I kill Isaac, God's going to have to raise him back up. <laughs> Does everybody understand that? So we have to have faith beyond death. Amen. So to me, it wouldn't matter if I flatline now. God's going to have to raise me up to restore my eyes. If that's for, if for the only reason. Everybody understand that? <laughs> if I died tonight preaching, don't, y'all ain't got to pray over my body. Just take me right on down to the eye doctor. <laughs> everybody, that's where he'll raise me up at. Does everybody understand that? You have to, so how many of you uh, know on your computers they have a restore point? Where, you know, stuff, when stuff get raggy on your computer, you start, you know, okay, so yeah, I see you starting to go down. Let me go ahead and press this stamp so that you'll know where to get back to just in case it all just go to putt. How many of you ever used that? And it got you, it should have got you right back to where it was before. Listen, with some of the bad programs erased that shouldn't have been installed in the first place, whatever it was that caused your problem, it brings you right back to that, what they call a reference point. That is what your profession of faith is. That's where, does everybody understand that? That's my, God, for most of us who are serving God, he gives us a reference point. You know what that is? Especially if we have a sincere relationship with him, he gives us something to hope for. And that's, that. you know, I feel bad for people that don't have hope. I was talking to somebody last night and uh, I, I told my wife, I said, I, I'm picking up something. And what it was, it was just a heavy, a heavy, like, spirit of depression. And so I began to ask this individual, I said, uh, so what are your plans? I don't know. I don't have any plans. And uh, they, I guess they had a little girlfriend, and, and that's what they named her. I, I, you know, go see, go see her this summer. So that's all your, that's all the hope you got to say. So you, you're not doing this, won't you? You don't go. No, I don't go anywhere. I don't do anything. And I thought, no, I'm going to have to double back to that. Uh, but a life with no hope. You ought to have something you're looking forward to. Amen. You ought not to have allowed the devil to beat up on you so tough. Where you, you, you know, don't be one of those individuals that, well, as long as I ain't hoping for nothing, I can't be disappointed. As long as I ain't praying for nothing, that I won't be set up for disappointment. I, I'm telling you, I'd rather live. Amen. <laughs> than be dead while I'm alive. Amen. Does everybody understand that? God always give you something to hope for. Does everybody understand that? Other than that, you'll, you'll carry a spirit of heaviness with you all the time. You ought to have something to look forward to, especially if you're serving God. Does everybody, and so he gives us those reference points. Does everybody see that? 
And I, I shared with you before when I was in the hospital before, and I was asking the Lord, Lord, is it my time? If it's my time, let me know. And I, you know, I, of course, I ain't, I ain't scared. But if it's my time, I, you know, and be quiet. I ain't healed your eyes yet. <laughs> that was my reference point. Everybody understand that? Okay. Well, thank you, Lord. And you know what? When He healed my eyes, He's gonna have to give me another reference point. <laughs> Does everybody understand what I mean now? Yeah. When when He's done done all what He's what he's told me he's going to do, what else you got? That'll give me a clue of how long I got on this earth. Does everybody see that now? <laughs> so this tells us, verse 35, Cast not away therefore your confidence, which hath great recompense of reward, for ye have need of what? Patience. Ye have need of what? Patience. That after ye have done the will of God, Ye might receive what? Promise. Did everybody see that? For yet a little while, and he that shall come will come and will not tarry. Now the just shall live by faith. But if any man draw back, my soul shall have no pleasure in him. Did everybody see that? You cannot be wishy-washy. Nobody... You cannot finish a race if it's 100 meters if you run 10 meters and give up and then run 10 meters back. You'll never finish that race. You'll never finish this race in God if you keep going back, if you keep doubting, if you keep questioning whether or not it's really God. You'll, you'll, it'll never happen. Does everybody understand that? I want to share something that happened this morning. Let's just stop here. Uh, where's Brother Benjamin at? That's you in the back. How's your leg feeling? Better now. So this morning, uh, <laughs> I woke up and uh, the first thing I heard was, Arise and go. That's the first thing I heard. Arise and go. So, of course, I'm, you know, st still, you know, in between sleep and trying to wake up. And so I thought, well, you know what, man, I cannot. And, that, you know, I'm telling you, that's where I am. I cannot afford to, to disobey. I can't afford it. I don't, I cannot, I don't, I can't. I do not want to go the rest of my life wondering what would have happened if I didn't arise and go. That's a, that's a bad place to be in when you're wondering what could have been. And so I, that's, I heard that very clearly, you know. And you know, sometimes if we're not careful, we could try to talk ourselves into believing. I didn't hear that. <laughs> no, you heard it. If you didn't, you wouldn't be there arguing with yourself right now about it. <laughs> Does everybody understand? <laughs> Uh, my mother used to tell us, y'all hear what y'all want to hear. <laughs> so I heard that very clear, rise and go. And you know, it wasn't no audible voice. You know, just, just a, I, but I heard it. My spirit man heard it. I can put it that way. And to me, that, that was just as loud as what I'm talking now. Arise and go. It didn't tell me where, so I laid down like, Lord, where? But I know the Lord. I'm not going to tell you where. I'm not going to tell you nothing. You ain't a rose yet. Does everybody understand that? So, 
I asked what I did. I, I I said, okay, Lord. Okay, so normally my wife and I, we, we pray in the morning time together. Say, so I'm going to ask her to pray. I said, so if, if this is really you, then you have her to pray something along those lines. And so, I, you know, so she by this time she was up. I said, uh, sweetheart, why don't you pray? So she began to pray, and uh, she said, like, uh, Lord, wherever you tell us to go, help us not to be distracted with the things of this world. Help us to go where you tell us to go. And she continued to pray along those lines. Okay, so yeah, it's time to rise and go then. So that's what we did. We uh, got up. I said, well, as soon as she got done praying, I told her what was going on. I said, so we have to get up and go. And so we, we got up, we got dressed, and uh, didn't know where we were going. And we went to the Pujo's house where we were having Truth Academy. And I felt like, okay, I know it's somebody here that's got something wrong in their bodies. And so um, I began to ask, you know, different people. And they began to share one of the different things that they had going on. And, you know, in their, maybe in their minds as well. And so uh, Benjamin had asked, had said, uh, Brother Bowden, what did you say was wrong? Your leg? Yes, sir. I had bumped So he had bumped his leg against Brother Tank's trailer. And so when he said that, I said, and so it was Jeremiah, right? You raised your hand and said that your leg was hurting too, right? Now, you know it came to me uh, when he said his leg was hurting. I remember the dream that Brother Garcia had sent me not too long ago where he was saying that it was a preacher that had called one some other member up to pray for one of the other members. You remember that dream, Brother Garcia? And so I said, so I said, uh, I told Jeremiah to pray for Benjamin. And then when he got done praying and we were all done, I said, now the reason why your leg talking to Jeremiah, I said, the reason why your leg is hurting is because you needed to pray for him. Did everybody see that now? So I, I so I began to just share with the people that were in Truth Academy. This is how you all need to be praying for one another when y'all come together. You know, y'all already pray together, but y'all pray for one another when you come together. You listen, and let me make this clear. You know. If you if you if the if you don't pray for who you're supposed to pray for, you'll get what they got. You know, people tormented because they ain't praying for people that's tormented. When the Lord lay a burden on your heart to do something, you better do it, or or He can turn you over and you'll start dealing with the same thing that the other individual is dealing with who you're supposed to pray for. So that's what I told Jeremiah. I said, now you. You, you know, the reason why your leg was hurt was because you were supposed to pray for him, you see. What it is, we pick up things. And the Lord allow us, we don't have a high priest that's not, hasn't been touched with our infirmities. Does everybody understand that? And so when we, when we have love, what did the Bible say? When we have love one for another, when we are one body, if one part of that body suffer, the rest of it suffer. Do you think God was lying when he said that? No, he wasn't lying. So if it's one individual here with a tormented mind, somebody else gonna have a tormented mind. Does everybody understand that? I can, I can. That's that, that's guaranteed. When one, when one, when one person is suffering, somebody else in that body is gonna suffer. Does everybody understand that? 
What what do you think all these aches and pains come from that's just out of nowhere? Where do you think that come from? You ain't never had back problems, but all of a sudden you having back problems. Never dealt with headaches and stuff like that, and all of a sudden you're dealing with it. You better get on your knees and ask the Lord who you're supposed to be praying for, besides you. <laughs> so, we have to have, the Bible says, the just shall live by faith, but if any man draw back, my soul shall have no pleasure in him. So we cannot have any doubt when we come before the Lord, we can't have any doubt about what it is we're asking for. We can't have any doubt that we're going to receive what we're asking for. Does everybody understand that? There can be no doubt. Does everybody understand? Let's, let's go down to now to chapter 11, verse 1. It says, now faith is the substance of things what? Hoped for. Does everybody see that? The evidence of things not what? Do you know what the word hope implies? Do you know if sincerely, if you're hoping for something, that means it's out of your natural reach? Hope, when you're talking about hope, that's not something that, that's not a prayer that you can answer yourself. You can't make that prayer come to pass yourself. It's not something that, it is, when you're hoping for something, it's something that the Lord himself is going to have to set close enough to you for you to reach out and grab it. Does everybody understand that? It's, in other words, when you have hope for something, that means that it's out of somebody else or somewhere else has a part to play in it that you don't have anything to do with. That you can't, you can't answer your own prayer. Amen. And I'm telling you, that's a very, that concept is very hard for some of us to grasp because we're so used to doing things on our own. We're so used to, in our minds, maybe answering our own prayer. If we want something, we go get it. That's what we're taught growing up. If you, I'm a go get it. You know, if you want it, you got to go get it. <laughs> How does that work in the things of God? God is going to purposely give you, put something in front of you that you can't reach. Some years ago, when my sister was, my little sister was living with my wife and I, they had, she had a little boy, Elijah. And uh, what was it that we had set in front of him? Some keys. some keys, some little play keys. Was it real keys or play keys? I think both. Both. And he loved playing with them keys. But he didn't want to crawl. He just wanted to lay on his stomach, and you just bring all his toys to him. So my wife, she took the keys from him and, and set them maybe two or three feet in front of him. You know what he did? He cried. Because now I got to do something. And now it's, it's out of my reach. What? Well, this is, ain't nothing but child abuse. That's how we are sometimes when we're praying for something for a little bit. And it's out of our reach. Instead of us getting on our knees and trying to reach it, hmm. we're going to gripe and complain. It's out of my reach. Lord, you got to bring it to me, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Does everybody understand that? Mm -hmm. You see a good example of that when, when the, uh, the uh, Syrian general, when he came before 
Elisha wanting prayer. He wanted Elisha to hand him his healing. Elisha didn't. He didn't even get to see Elisha that day. And he was upset because Elisha sent his servant to go answer him and tell him, go, go, go dip in the river Jordan seven times. And he got indignant about it. Well, what was it? He had a part to play. Does everybody understand that? But he wanted it to just be dropped in his lap. And sometimes that's the way we are with God whenever we're praying for something. If God don't get a move on and hurry up and hurry up, then, then I, it just, I guess it ain't your will and I've got to find something else to pray about. <laughs> Abraham held on to that promise of a son for 25 years. Now, you know what happened after Abraham got that breakthrough? So we know Abraham had how many sons to begin with? Ishmael and Isaac. You know what happened after that? His first wife died. He got remarried, and he had six more children. He wouldn't have had any of them. He wouldn't have had the next six if he had given up on Isaac getting here. Does everybody understand that? Now, here's, the, here's what I'm trying to tell you. When you hold on to that one breakthrough, it opens up the door for the rest of them to come. But if you give up on Isaac, you ain't got to worry about the other six. <laughs> Does everybody understand that? Yeah. yeah, it took the same amount of faith it took for the other six to get here, for Isaac to get here as the other six. Everybody understand that? Amen. So God wants us to hold on, you see. We have to have that confidence. So look at what it says. Now, faith is the substance of things what? Hoped for. The evidence of things what? If you can see it, you don't have to hope for it. If it's just at your grasp at any, just at, whenever you feel like grabbing it, it ain't, it don't take prayer for it. Does everybody understand that? It's not something that you have to hope for if you don't have to have faith for it. Does everybody understand that? Now let's go down Let's go down to verse 6. It says, but without faith, it is what? Impossible. It is impossible. Does everybody see that? I believe sometimes we get our faith mixed with our works. And we can think because we're doing the will of God that some kind of way that's going to make him answer our prayers. Does everybody understand that? Yes, Your works don't answer prayers. You can have works. If you don't have faith, you, there's, it's impossible for you to please God. Does everybody understand that? And so you have to have faith. Don't matter, it doesn't matter what all you think you're doing for God, how many devils you're casting out. Again, what did we just go over? In the 10th chapter of the book of Luke, they out casting out devils, raising the dead, healing the sick, doing all that, and healing all manner of diseases. And then in the 11th chapter, they're asking the Lord to teach them how to pray. Does everybody understand? So they were acknowledged, and the Lord said, well, the Lord didn't say, well, you already knew you. It's apparent you know how to pray. You already casting out devils. That, that wasn't the case at all, was it? So it's important that you don't mix faith you try to replace your faith with works and think that God, well, I'm doing all these good deeds, so God is going to hear my prayer. If you, you can do all of them the good deeds and still have doubt, 
in your heart. Cain did. He offered sacrifices just like his brother, but he didn't do it in faith. Does everybody understand that? And because he didn't do it in faith, what happened? God didn't receive his sacrifice. So you see, without faith, it is impossible to please him. Why? For he that cometh to God. Now, this, this is your reference point for faith. For he that cometh to God must do what? Believe that he is. So the first thing you have to do before you pray So let's say, for instance, Elisha right there. Let's, let's make Elisha the Lord for now. So what happens if I go up to her and I say, Sister Elisha, uh, can I have the keys to your car, please? Is she going to give me keys to her car? Why not? She don't have a car. So what's the use of me going to her asking her, can I ask in confidence if I don't believe she have a car? Uh, wouldn't I just be going through the motions just to impress y'all? Well, Sister Elisha, please give me keys. Now, we just heard a message on prayer, and I'm supposed to pray. So, you know, I'm coming to you in all faith and sincerity, like Brother Bolton said. Sister Elisha, please, and, and don't embarrass me in front of these people. Give me the keys to your car. Is she going to be able to, to deliver? So, how is my prayer life going to be if I don't believe she can deliver? It's going to be slim to none. I'm really just acting. My prayer life is really what y'all think about me and how y'all perceive me versus me really believing that Sister Elisha got keys to a car to a car that she can give me. Does everybody understand that? Mm -hmm. So if you don't, if you don't, first of all, if you don't believe that God is God, then there's no purpose in you praying to him. If you, can't, if you don't believe that he can deliver what it is you're asking of him, then what's the purpose of you praying for him? Does everybody understand that? It would be just like you asking Sister Elisha for keys to a car. You're just going through the motions. You just, you're just talking. But if you don't believe that she can deliver, then where's your confidence in it? And you know people go to God that same way? You know why? Because we've had all these past failures. Listen, don't let something that was your will trip you up in, in today's age. Amen. Amen. God is not obligated to satisfy your will. And you have to put that under there. Does everybody understand that? That... You, you asking God for something that's not his will does not equal him not being able to deliver according to his will. Amen. Does everybody understand that? And so we, you see why it's important to get out of self? You see what self will do for you? You praying according to your own will and ain't got nothing to do with God. It's really just so you can consume it on your, upon your lust. And then when you get done praying and snotting and God don't deliver, then all of a sudden, when God starts moving you into the things, like, and now you begin to see what his will is, you hesitate. Well, I can't, you know what? You didn't answer my prayer before. And, uh, you know, instead of, Lord, just, just you, you know what I desire. So, Lord, just, just go ahead and deliver it. You know, if it's your will, then deliver it. You know, you have to get 
past this idea of if if it's your will you have to you have to that's for folks that don't have <laughs> the relationship they're supposed to have you get to that place where you know it's God's will Amen. does everybody understand that you think about it this way how many of you parents ever bought your children something and you told them it was theirs Did they have to come and ask you, can you, can I, can, you know, can I do, can I get it now? What, what does it look like when they come in and ask you, say, say for instance, you buy them a bike and you say, this is your bike. Don't they have more confidence in coming in and asking if they can ride their bike versus riding yours? Does everybody understand that? That is how it is. It, 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 so it, there's no room for if when you're close to God. If is for folks that's on the outer courts. When you walking with God, trust me when I tell you, he'll tell you what his will is. Does everybody understand that? Now the question is, do you if you get in line with that, all of a sudden you'll start seeing other stuff that's his will. So we move from that if and we move into it is your will. But I, you know what? I'm going to keep praying and I know I'm going to get what I'm asking for because it is your will. Does everybody understand that? So you see how, how you having your own will can hurt your prayer life? How it can make you start doubting God because he didn't answer you according to your will? Let's read that again, verse 6. But without faith it is impossible to please him, for he that cometh to God must believe that he is, in other words, that he is God, not only that he is God, but what? That he is a rewarder of them that do what? That do what? You know what that word diligently means? It means faithfully. Faithfully. He rewards faithfulness in prayer. I can't tell you the number of times over the last two decades, 20 years, I have prayed and asked the Lord to heal my eyes. I can't, I can't count the number of times I've did that. But I believe this Bible. I'm going to be diligent. And he's going to reward me for my diligence. Amen. Amen. Does everybody understand that? Yes. Do, do you know, I'm telling you, it does something to me when I've been praying for something and the Lord come through. Yes. That to, to me, that just, I can, and he ain't got to do it every week. I can go back and grab something from 20 years ago and hold on to that. Amen. The Lord ain't got to keep proving himself that he's God. So I don't, I don't pray with well, Lord if you God if you still on it no it ain't nothing you still God Amen. everybody understand that <laughs> what you doing for me ain't got nothing to do with you being God <laughs> and I still believe it yes. does everybody understand that yes, Lord. <laughs> so He is a rewarder of them that do what diligently, diligently seek Him. I have been praying, I have been praying for my mother to be healed of what's ailing her. Really, really been praying for that because, you know, I don't believe it's God's will for her to have that on her. So I told my wife last week, I said, you know, I had a dream that my mother had passed away. And I said, uh, you know, in that dream it was just clear that she had passed away. I said, I, 
I'm gonna I'm gonna pray about that. So I I begin even more so praying like Lord, I, you know I I want my mother to have her health. Whenever if 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 you if you tarry and you take her home before you come back, I want her to have her health, you know, and her strength. And so this morning, uh, yeah, it was this morning. I had a dream. Now, of course, you know that my mother gave me a vehicle, uh, the black SUV. And you might notice that I don't drive it a lot. I only, you know, I've always had in my mind, even after when she gave it to my wife and I, I had in my mind, don't get too attached to it. Because I just always had this feeling at some point, I'm going to have to give it back. You know, because right now my mother don't drive. I don't think now she don't have a driver's license in the state of Tennessee. So I was just thinking, well, at some point, you know, I'm, I'm not going to get too attached to this because at some point I'm going to have to give it back. You know, that's just what I believe. And so this morning I had a dream that I was in some place waiting on my mother to come outside. And when she came out, she was walking normal. She didn't have her walker or nothing like that. And she walked up and uh, I was standing on the outside of the vehicle. And I said, Mama, I said, you going to drive? And uh, she said, no, I don't have my driver's license. <clears throat> and she said, um, <clears throat> I, she said, but I do have my permit. And I said, well, okay, you drive then. You drive and I just ride with you until you get your license. But to me, that was the Lord giving me another reference point. Does everybody understand that? Do you know sometimes the Lord will show you something extreme to get you to praying like you need to pray? Does everybody understand that? Now, how you take it is up to you. Does everybody understand that? I, I think about it this way. Let's say, for instance, I'm just one, if I was just one of those people that I just love drama, I love being depressed, I, I'm a sourpuss, so I just, I just love just, you know, drama. You know what we've been talking about tonight? The Lord showed me that he's about to take my mama, so we need to, let's prepare our hearts, church. Let's prepare our minds. You know, and y'all keep me and my family lifted up. You know, we're going to go see if we can find somewhere where we can bury her. Does everybody understand that? <laughs> now, you have to ask yourself, on what side of that prayer would you be on? You get depressed, or do you start pressing? <laughs> Does everybody understand that? Sometimes the Lord shows us the extreme. This is how it can go. If somebody's, but if but if you stand in a gap, I'll turn right around and show you how it will go. Does everybody understand that? So we have to. So He is a rewarder of them that diligently seek Him. Does everybody understand? We, we have to diligently seek him. And I'm telling you, that's very important. That's very important. Diligence comes when people know that God is going to answer. Does everybody understand? Now, me personally, when I pray, I expect an answer. Amen. Does everybody understand that? Now, listen, you know, there are some children and some grown folks, too. They will not ask you for a thing if they think the answer is going to be no. I just, you know, I already know you, how you feel about me. 
Does everybody understand that? Don't you be that way with God. God is not a respective person. That's the first thing we have to know. Does everybody understand? And I listen, and I'm one of those people, I ain't scared to hear no. If he tell me, oh, well, thank you, Lord, for keeping me, keeping that out of my hands, I guess it wasn't your will. I guess, let me find something else to pray for. Amen. You could tell me no. I ain't, you, you already got my, map, my life mapped out. You already know what you want me to have and don't have. That's fine. No, I'm, I'm fine with that. Does everybody understand that? I, I'm not scared to hear no. I'm not scared to hear wait. I ain't, I ain't got to wait until I almost feel like it's God's will about something, you know, like it's right on the edge and then start praying for it. I'm going to pray for it when it's a million miles away. And if the Lord tell me no, then so be it. If he tell me to wait, I'm going to wait. Does everybody understand that? And part of our problem in our prayer life is we only praying for what we think we're going to get a yes to. <laughs> And then, and then we short-circuit God, like, well, God, I guess you know. No, God is always God. Amen. And I'm telling you, I want to be one of those people who he used as an example. Everybody, yeah, I want to be God's pet. Come on up here, little John. Come on up to the chalkboard. Okay, Lord, here I come. <laughs> Does everybody understand that? I want him to use my life as an example of answered prayers. Amen. Does everybody understand that? So he is a rewarder of them that do what? Diligently. Diligently. Faithfully seek him. That's what, it, that's what it's going to take. Does everybody understand that? Let's go now. Y'all still have your Bibles turned to the 11th chapter of the book of Luke? Let's go over something just real briefly. Can we do that? So his disciples asked him to teach them how to pray like John taught his disciples. Now, I think that this is very interesting. And I, I want to show you what he taught them. Is everybody there? Let's start reading at verse 1 again. And it came to pass that as he was praying in a certain place, when he ceased, one of his disciples said unto him, Lord, teach us to pray. Let me read that again. And it came to pass that as he was praying in a certain place, everybody see that? What was he praying? Does everybody see that? You know, I have found, me personally, I can't say this for everybody, but I can only make a suggestion. I have found if I have a certain place where I pray, God will meet me in that place. I'm not saying I don't pray anywhere else. I'm not saying I don't pray driving. I'm, don't, I'm not saying I don't pray in a shower. I'm, you know, I pray wherever I feel led to pray. But I'm telling you, I have a certain place. Does everybody understand that? <laughs> All right, and it says, when he ceased, how many of his disciples? One of his disciples said unto him, Lord, teach me to pray. That's the first lesson. 
It ain't about me. I ain't getting on my knees just laying out all my gripes and complaints and you need to come through for me. I'm going to pray for other people. My wife got this thing she does with children. And some of you know that. Some of you got your feelings hurt because of your children. If a child, one of these children coming and we got a whole freezer full of, uh, of um, popsicles, it, it, your, your child, some of your children sitting here now have come and asked my wife, Sister Bowling, can I have a popsicle? No. Why? Because you didn't ask. It's got, it's got 20 other children in here. And you just ask for you, you go on to you, you learn how to care for somebody else. Everybody understand that? She'll do it every single time. You, everybody, everybody understand that? And you know why the Lord answered this man's, this disciple's uh, question? Because he wanted us to be taught how to pray. Not just him. Lord, teach me your, take me into your little secret place. Just me, because I'm the only one that's got enough sense to ask. Let the rest of them ask for themselves. Everybody understand that? No, teach us how to pray. Everybody see that? All right, verse 2. And he said unto them, what, When ye pray, say, What father? My father? Everybody see that? <laughs> Which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, as in heaven, so in earth, give us day by day our daily bread and forgive us our sins. Everybody see that? Now, this read a little different than the model prayer that you grew up saying. Same prayer, just a little different worded a little differently. Look at what that says there. And forget, I, I like the way this is worded better. And forgive us our sins. Why? For we also forgive everyone that is indebted to who? Does everybody see that? And lead me not into temptation. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver me from evil. <laughs> you, you can't be selfish when you're praying to the Lord. Does everybody understand that? Because you ain't living in this world by yourself. Amen. You ought to be praying for somebody besides you. Does everybody understand that? Amen. Verse 5, and he said unto them, which of you, now, again, we have to make sure we remember what we just read in the book of Hebrews, that he is a reward of them that do what? Diligently seek him. All right. And he said unto them, which of you shall have a friend and shall go unto him at what time? At what time? Midnight. And say unto him what? Friend, lend me three loaves. Does everybody see that? Do we really see that? For a friend of mine in his journey is come to me and I have nothing to set where? You see the three loaves wasn't for the individual? He wanted those three loaves for somebody else to be of service to somebody else. Does everybody understand that? Now, you want your prayers answered fast? You get rid of that selfishness. Don't ask God to bless you with a house of can't nobody sleep in it but you. <laughs> Does everybody understand that? <laughs> 
For a friend of mine in his journey has come to me, and I have nothing to set before him. Does everybody see that? Did they have nothing before the friend decided to come? That's right. But you notice what they're asking for? I want to make sure that my guests are fed. Does everybody see that? I'm telling you that that selfishness, it'll stop prayer. It'll stop your prayers from being answered really, really fast. Does everybody understand? Verse 7, and he from within shall answer and say, trouble me not. Everybody see that? Now, let's go back to verse 5. No, let's keep reading, and we'll go back to verse 5. And he, and he from within, from where? Within. Didn't open his door, didn't step out. That was his friend. Didn't step out. It's midnight. You know, we all in bed. I hear you. I know who you are, but no. <laughs> Does everybody understand that? What did he say? Trouble me not. The door is now what? Shut. When was the door shut? Now. I'm not even opening my door for you. And my children are with me where? I cannot rise and give thee. Does everybody see that? So you know what's happening? The man is still in bed. He ain't standing on the other side of the door. He's still in bed. I'm in bed. Well, you need to be like my wife's. <laughs> my wife's mama used to tell them when they were growing up, they used to say, we are hungry. And their mama used to tell them, if you, was, if you were asleep like you're supposed to, you wouldn't know you were hungry. Now, you know, that's one of the rules I come in, you get hungry late at night. If you stay up past 10, that's a done deal. And that's what I purpose. Let me go to sleep. You, nobody know they're hungry when they sleep, you know. He, look at what he says. I cannot rise and give thee. Does everybody see that? Did you read that? Now let's go back up to verse 5. Let's read that again so we can catch that. And he said unto them, Which of you shall have a friend and shall go unto him at midnight and say unto him what? Friend. Is that word capitalized? So what friend is that talking about? God. That's the friend that's in bed with his children. That's the friend that says, I cannot. Does everybody see that? I cannot rise. That's God talking. I cannot rise and give thee. Does everybody see that? Now, what do you say if you go to God and you say, God, will you bless me with this? And he said, I can't. I will not. Is that where you leave it at? Is that where you leave it at? No, sir. Does everybody understand that? If God say no, who can get past it? Well, you God, and I ain't, who, how, I can't beat you. <laughs> you that's, a, that's an eternal no. Or you can think along the, these lines. He told the, 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 the uh, what was the woman, the, uh, the Phoenician woman, no. It's not me to give the children's bread to dogs. Did everybody understand that? Didn't he tell her that? Yes. No way am I going to heal your child. It's not, it's, not, it's not fitting. You're not even a Hebrew. I, I, and, he, he, and when he was preaching, he said, I'm sent to the Jews. I'm not sent to you. You're a dog. You're an unbeliever. That, this is the children's bread. I, it's, it's not fit. It's not meat 
for me to give you the children's bread. And if, if, we, and if she had been lazy, does everybody understand that? She would have walked away and that, that child would have died. Well, she stayed right there, didn't she? <laughs> Let's go ahead and keep reading. Verse 8, I say unto you, though he will not rise and give him, everybody see that? Because he is his friend, yet because of his importunity, does everybody see that? <laughs> he will rise and give him as many as he needeth. Does everybody see that? How many of you have ever told your children no? And then turned around and said, you know, okay, you can go ahead. I'll go ahead and give you that. You know why? Because you have a heart. And you love your children. And God is the same way. Sometimes he'll start off with a no. That might not be set in stone. You, everybody understand that? It might not be set in stone. You know you, have, you know, you really have to believe that you can change your whole course in life and how God deal with you just by bugging him. Think about some of you, especially some of you women, you sisters. You'll nag your husbands to death and won't say a thing to God. Does everybody understand that? Well, we'll nag them to death. Now, I'm not talking about you sitting here. I just mean in general. Nag, nag, nag. I'll be glad when you get that car fixed. I'd be glad when you fix the faucet or do something. Call some, call somebody and get something. If you can't do it, God, that's the worst thing you can tell a man. He'll tear the whole house up <laughs> trying, to, trying to fix a knob. <laughs> if you don't want to live where you're living anymore, you just tell them to fix something or you're going to call somebody to fix it. Don't you? <laughs> <laughs> you know what this is telling us in our language keep nagging God does everybody understand that keep nagging him look at what that says there I say unto you verse 8 I say unto you though he will not rise and give him because he is his friend everybody see that Yet because of his importunity, he will rise and give him as many as he needed. And I say unto you. Everybody see that? So what, what, what was the question that the disciple asked him? Teach us how to pray. Teach us how to pray. Does everybody see that? How do we pray? No one good enough. Does everybody understand that? Mm -hmm. I'm not satisfied. I feel you, you, you'll, have, you'll have this unction when you know that you're supposed to pray about something. Look at, what, look at what this person was praying for. He wanted some food to be able to feed his guests. You think the Lord didn't want that as well? Do you know sometimes the Lord will tell you to, to, tell you no to teach you a lesson? Not that the answer is going to be no. But the idea is, how much do you want it? How bad do you want it? Let's see if you can ask it again. Does everybody understand that? 
And I say unto you, ask, and it shall be given you. Seek, and ye shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened unto you. For everyone that asketh, what do they do? Do they buy understand that? Do you know? Let me tell you what he's really teaching in this. And I, I just want to share the heart of God with you. And you know, and if, if you would think about how you are with your children, according to the word of God. If one of my children come and ask me, so daddy, can you buy me some pencils? And I said, no, you don't, you don't need no new pencils. Okay, and they just go walk on off and just go do whatever, you know, they go find some chalk or something, go do, you know, find something else. I'm going to know that wasn't important to you. So I'm glad I did not go to the store and buy you pencils, because if it was, if, if it's not important to you and I go buy it for you, you, you'll be asking for some more pencils tomorrow. You're not going to treat it right. So it's not that important to you. you if you can just walk off, it's not important to you. But if, you, if, if my children come to me in sincerity, Daddy, I really need some pencils because I want to be able to do this. I want to be able to do that. I, okay, so now I see it's important to you. I'll get you your pencils. Does everybody understand that? So you see the difference there? We know how to beg. beg. I don't care how proud we are. We know how to beg. <laughs> And I'm not saying that we have to beg God, but you know, we can come with this mindset of determination. Mm -hmm. That's right. And God knows whether or not it's, we're sincere about it. Does everybody understand that? He knows when we really, when it's something that's really close to our hearts, we'll have what we're asking for. Does everybody understand that? So let's read this then. Let's, let's, is the Bible a lie? Yes, so it's not a lie, right? So let's say something now. Let's read that. Verse 9. And I say unto you, ask, and it shall be given you. Y'all believe that? Yes. Now let's be honest. How many of us have ever asked for something and didn't get it? What, so what does that mean? The, the Bible don't lie. You didn't ask. <laughs> does everybody understand that? <laughs> you might have made a request. You might have dropped it on the Lord's desk to see what he thought about it. <laughs> Does everybody understand that? This Bible don't lie. If you ask, you'll receive. And the only reason why you're not receiving is because you're not asking. Does everybody understand? Ask and it shall be given unto you. Seek and ye shall find. Knock and it shall be opened unto you. For everyone that asketh, receive it. And he that seeketh, find it. And to him that knocketh, what will happen? Does everybody see that? If a son shall ask bread of any of you that is a father, will he give him a stone? Or if he ask a fish, will he give him give for a, give uh, will he for a fish give him a serpent? Or if he shall ask an egg, will he offer him a scorpion? If ye then, being what? Isn't that something now? Who is he talking to? His disciples. <laughs> <laughs> now I want to I want to clarify what he's doing here. He's saying by your very nature, if you by your very nature nature as evil as you are, if you know how to treat people right and give them what they're asking for, 
if you know how to provide, if you know how to give to your own children, does everybody understand that? How much more shall your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to them that what? Ask him. Does everybody see that? So that's how we pray. We pray diligently. We pray, pray like you expected. I, want, I don't want to live my prayer life in a comfort zone. As long as I don't ask and I, you know, if the Lord want me to have it, I'll just have it. That's as lazy as you can get. You're going to go through life disappointed. Everybody understand that? I believe in asking. I believe in asking. Lord, I, this is what I'd like to have. Well, you bless me, and, and I'll get it. Does everybody understand? I, I, I sincerely believe that. This is my desire, God, and this is what I want to have. Do you know, and, let me, I, and I want to point this out. Everything that, you, everything that you ask for, God, ain't got to be for what you can use it for to do for somebody else. Does everybody understand that? Mm-hmm. So a child, one of your children come and ask you for a toy, you ain't got to say, well, so you're going to share with everybody else? Are you going to, you know, what are you going to, you going to worship God with it happening in your right hand when you, does everybody understand that? How many of you ever bought your children toys? And what did it have to do with worship? <laughs> is that going to be your new prayer partner? <laughs> it ain't got nothing to do with nothing spiritual, but because if we being evil can give our children stuff just because they wanted it, then how much more so will God give to us? Amen. God, will, God will answer your prayer and give it to you just because you want it. That's, that's, it ain't got to be nothing, so you ain't got to go make a prayer list and try to draw lines to attach it to somebody else. <laughs> Does everybody understand that? <laughs> <laughs> because this is the surefire way. I know the Lord's going, you know. <laughs> you know you ain't attaching that line if you asking for a husband. Lord, if you give me a husband, I'll share him with No, you know. <laughs> so we don't want to even start that line. Does everybody understand that? So it is, you can ask for stuff that ain't got nothing to do with nobody else but you. And he'll bless you with it just because he loves you. That's the God we serve. But now I'm going to tell you, when we feel like we have to come up with all kind of gimmicks and all kind of schemes, that don't represent the God we serve. It represents the heart that's on the inside of us. We have to change our hearts. We have to ask the Lord to examine us. In our, in, in our, you know, in our life and, and, and show us us. Does everybody understand that? Does everybody understand? Yes, we have to be real with God. You know, I'm one of those people. I don't believe in children coming at me sideways. You know, any of my children coming at me sideways. If you listen, and I'm going to just share just, just like this one example. Some children... When they want something, you know what they'll do? You know, they put them. (laughs) 
Does everybody understand? I just, I just want, want some peanut butter. <laughs> you know, it's got grown folks that do that with the Lord. You know what the Lord is saying? Let's get rid of that suicide spirit first. Let's get rid of that depression because I don't, that's, that don't move me. I don't, I, without faith, it's impossible to please me. Mm-hmm. You need to enter in with boldness, not coming up here like you ready to jump off of somebody's roof somewhere. <laughs> Does everybody understand that? God promises you, God is not moved by emotions. You're not going to do your witchcraft on him and move him emotionally. He ain't that type of God. Everybody understand that? <laughs> no, that ain't that. You, you can't use that witchcraft on him. He'd be a witch if he fell for it. You have to be straight with him. God, you know what? I'd like a car. Will you bless me with a car? That, that's all. You ain't got to come up to him. Everybody else got a car. <laughs> Does everybody understand that? God don't do pity parties. God, everybody, God ain't in the business of blessing you because everybody else got candy. That's not how he operates. If nobody else in the world had a car, you still got a right to ask for one. Amen. It ain't got to be based on what you done blessed this one. What that's got to do with you? Does everybody understand that? Amen. He making his son rise on the just as well as the unjust. So the first thing you have to do is be real and stop playing games. When you, when you want something, ask for it. And be real about it. Does everybody understand that? That, that, that person, that man that went up to his neighbor's house, you know, knocking on the door at midnight. He asked, look, man, I, look, I got company. I ain't got no food in my house. And he wasn't ashamed to say it either. I ain't got no bread to give this man. Can you, will you give me some bread? Isn't that how he came? Mm-hmm. But you know what we'll do? Hey, uh, come here, come here. Stick your, stick your ear up to this door. <laughs> Let me... Let me let you hear how my belly is growling. Does everybody understand that? Let me make you feel sorry for me. Come here, Julian. Put the hips. Stick. Look. Do he look like he's eating? Does everybody understand? You see how we can't get nowhere being, with, being like that with God? You ain't got to put on no big show and, and a circus. <laughs> just ask for what you want I'm telling you that's the quickest way I'm going to say no to somebody my children when they come and try to I'm just, no whatever it is the answer is no you need to be a real real first you see what I mean no I don't believe in that witchcraft <laughs> just say what you got to say you know the children when they small especially they just hanging around for, you know you know they ain't hanging around for nothing they dusting flowers and <laughs> <laughs> Does everybody understand that? So we, we have to be careful that we don't bring that same witchcraft to the Lord. You be real with him. Does everybody understand that? Don't come up to him with all of that. Ask and it shall be given. Don't act. It don't say act. <laughs> Ask. And some of us, I'm telling you, God's got a way of getting us out of that foolishness. He's got a way of, of doing that. When we get tired of asking and, and ain't getting, we'll come, we'll snap out of it. Does everybody understand that? And so it's God's will 
That, that's what he's teaching us tonight. To be diligent. To be ready to hear no. Does everybody understand that? And I'm telling you that sometimes in your heart, you'll just know, I'm supposed to keep praying for this. I'm supposed to, even if the Lord have given me a dream, something contrary, I feel like, do you know every dream that you get from God don't have to come to pass? Amen. Every dream is not an absolute. Amen. Does everybody understand that? Some of it is just meant to motivate you. Does everybody understand that? It ain't, it ain't, some of it is meant to get you to act right. He sent the prophet Isaiah to tell uh, Hezekiah, get your house in order, you're about to die. What did that do? Did Isaiah, did Hezekiah get to cutting up and acting a fool? He turned his face to the wall and he began to pray. And before, before Isaiah could get out of his yard good, he sent Isaiah back in there. Now you go tell him, I'm going to add years to his life. Does everybody understand that? What was it? It was meant to get him to pray in the first place. And so every dream, every word from God ain't got to be the absolute. It's just sometimes God uses things to motivate us. Does everybody, you think God didn't, the Lord didn't want to hear, hear that Phoenician woman's child? Yeah, he wanted to hear that child. But let's see where your faith is. Does everybody understand that? My prayers are that we'll, we'll hear that today. You know, me personally, I'm telling you, if, if that, that excites me about prayer is knowing that God is hearing me and knowing that I'm going to have what I'm asking for. Does everybody understand that? That's, that's a very exciting to me. You know, one of the reasons why people struggle to pray? Because they don't believe they're going to get what they're asking for. They don't, they, don't, they don't believe it. They just believe that God is some mean God in the sky and that, you know, every now and then he blesses with something just to keep us going and hopefully I'll get to heaven one day. But I'm telling you, your, your attitude towards prayer changes when you know God answers prayer. Yes. Yeah, it, it, that, that completely changes the whole... Everybody understand that? <laughs> i say this one thing. You know, in the, back in the day when I used to watch boxing, I could just about tell who was going to lose. Because whoever was going to lose, they were going to come down to the ring defeated. They were, they, everybody understand that? Listen, one or two things. They were going to either come down defeated with their head down, like they're just, I'm just here to get my check. I know I'm about to get knocked down in a few minutes, but I'm just here to get my check. Or they'd be too overbearing and overconfident. Does everybody understand what I mean? In other words, they're putting on a show. Them the ones in the faith, yeah, yeah, what's up, what's, you know. <laughs> in other words, putting, don't really believe they wouldn't be doing all that if they really were going to win. Think about, okay, one of my favorite boxers back then was Mike Tyson. Did you see him doing all that showboating? He didn't have on feathers coming down there, no crown. He didn't have on all this big old, you know, you know how some fools do when they coming down to the ring. They, it's a big show. They got a rapper in front of them, rapping on the way down to the ring. Uh, Tyson wasn't having none. The same black trunks, the same glove that was going to punch you right in your mouth and get it over with. No showboat, no nothing. Just come on down here, fool, so I can handle my business and get paid. Does everybody understand that? <laughs> and that's the way it is when you come before the Lord. You confident. You ain't depressed, you know, you know, 
just there to get your check. You ain't you ain't over, you know, putting on the show trying to trying to make it look like you got faith. You got on the same black trunks. Lord, I'm coming to you as best as I know how. Does everybody understand that? <laughs> it ain't no it ain't no show, no rhythm, none, none of that. This is just me, Lord. Everybody understand? And that's what God desires from us. Just you and a sincere heart. That's what's gonna get your prayers answered. 